Welcome to church. So glad you were here. If you're watching us online, thank you for being here. Um, I'm, I'm praying that God moves in a really, really special, special way. Um, we're doing a super cool thing. I'll just tell you right now, we're leaving one week from this Monday. We uh, Staff is leaving on a little bit of a road trip. Uh, we have a guy in Amarillo, Texas, who faithfully watches Thorn Creek Church and committed his life to Christ um, through the online ministry that we have here. And, uh, and check this out. Uh, actually, Pastor Jeremy sent him a shirt. I should show you a picture of it sometime. But, and and he, uh, he's not able to leave uh, the area. Let's just put it that way. So, but he wants to get baptized. So uh, your staff is going to go on a road trip to baptize him. Isn't that cool? In Amarillo. So we're going to videotape the entire thing. The entire thing. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, it's going to be a, a fun road trip. Pastor Jeremy, our online pastor, will, will, will do that special, special, special duty there. So uh, super excited. Hey, today we're, uh, we're starting this brand new series. Pastor Jeremy talked about it really well. Uh, the name of the series is called Micro Influencers. So the idea behind this in the social media world, there's influencers that aren't as big as big influencers. Well, in the Bible, there are micro influencers, people who influence for good and people who influenced for, for bad. Um, there's both. And they're kind of the lesser known people. So on stage, you can see the characters. We got Balaam. We're talking about Balaam today. Mordecai, Korah, uh, Joab, and then we have Deborah, and we have Boaz. That's Thanksgiving weekend, Feed 5000 weekend. I'm excited about that. So uh, it'll be fun to walk through these lesser known people. I, I, I'm partially uh, connected to Joab. I like Joab a lot, so I'm looking forward to preaching that message and, uh, and everything, how, how, how uh, he was influential as well. But let's pray and we'll jump into Balaam, all right? Uh, God, thank you for your grace and your mercy. We, uh, we need you, Lord, desperately need you. Would you just have your way, God, and I pray that you just anoint this message in the name of Jesus Christ. You've already been speaking to me, and I thank you for the word that you just shared with me while I was here worshiping, Lord, for this crowd and for those online. Thank you for that word. Holy Spirit, have your way in me and through me by your good grace. You're the one who has drawn people to, uh, to this place to, to hear a word from you, and you're the one who's drawn eyes to this video as people are watching it online would you speak to every soul, Lord? May they know your love and your grace and your mercy and your purpose for their life in a fresh way. So have your way, God, as we look at this story. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. While I was, while I was here worshiping, um, I, I've been praying. I, I, did all my, I, I did all my studying. I, I study every week for, for every message. I want to I be a good steward of, of God's word. And uh, I, I love God's word. There's just no better love letter out there, guys. It's just when you understand God's word, you understand God's love for you and God's purpose for you. So I've been, I feel like I've been Jacob a little bit wrestling with God. And I'm like, God, what do you want me to say? And I, I said a prayer and I said, Lord, what do you want me to, what's the word that you want me to share for this crowd? What's the word you want me to share for tomorrow's crowd? What's the word you want me to share for those who are watching on lying. So this, I really believe this came from, came from the Lord. And I just want to share this with you. Um, as I looked at the story, it just became clear. This is what God was doing. So here it is. God is loving on you even when you don't know it. God is loving on you. 
even when you don't know it. God is loving on you even when you're not seeking him. God is loving on you even when you're caught up in sin. God is loving on you even when you don't want to have anything to do with him. God is loving on you. God's love is that great. He's so loving. He's so caring. He's so merciful. And he's loving on you even when you don't know it. In fact, he will bless you even when you don't know it. He will bless you. Right now, you have breath right now in your lungs. Glory to God. Isn't that a good thing? God is blessing you even when you don't know it. God is loving on you behind your back even when you don't know it. That's just fresh from me and the Holy Spirit, guys. <laughs> that, that just smells fresh. That's like a fresh of bread coming out of the oven right there. Um, I'm going to share you a story with you, and it involves a, a prophet um, named Balaam. It involves a king named Balak, and it involves a donkey. And we're going to talk about this story. This story is found in the book of Numbers. So the uh, book of Numbers is, is uh, found um, in one of the first five books of the Bible. And Numbers really is uh, recounting that time when the Israelites were like wandering in the wilderness. So they were wandering for 40 years uh, because they weren't willing to go into the promised land. So because they weren't willing to go to the promised land, God said, all right, so one day for every day you scouted it out, this is the penalty you guys are going to have to spend 40 years in the wilderness. And that's the time when they ate manna from heaven and quail and God provided water from a rock. And it was during these 40 years, God still was with them. That's the love of God. Even when we take a wrong turn, God is still with us. That's just God's grace and mercy. So Numbers is really an account of, of, of everything that happened during those 40 years. So that's what Numbers is about, and they're on their way to the promised land, so they're not there. This is like, I took a left turn instead of taking a right turn, but God's still with me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm at this place, and I thought I would be done, but I'm not, but I know God's still with me. And it's an incredible message for us, guys, so, so incredible. So Numbers chapter 22, it starts off like this. It says, then the people of Israel traveled to the plains of Moab, say Moab with me, and camped east of the Jordan River across from Jericho. And then verse, verse 2 says this, Balak, son of Zippor, the Moabite king, had seen everything the Israelites did to the Amorites. And when the people of Moab saw how many Israelites there were, they were terrified. So here's the story, guys. You have this king named Balak, all right? He's from Moab. So remember, the Israelites, they're on their way to the promised land. They're on their way. And, and uh, they come up to this area known as Moab, where the Moabites live. And incidentally, these Moabites, they're descendants from an incestuous relationship between the oldest daughter of Lot. And that's where they come from, all the way back in Genesis. So, so Mo, the Moab, the king, is there. And really, the Israelites are kind of coming along the side. They're not going through 
Moabite territory. They're like on, on, on the side of the territory. You know, scripture, scripture tells us that they're on the east side of the Jordan River across from Jericho. So they're on their way to the promised land and they're going around Moab. And you have this king. You have this king named Balak. Say Balak with me, Balak. Balak is there and uh, he sees this whole thing. Now, he knows a little bit about the Israelites. He knows that they, they just destroyed the Amorites, which was a neighboring country. So he watches the, the Israelites show up, and they're not coming through his territory, but they're, but they're adjacent to it, and he freaks out. Have you ever met anyone who's just paranoid? You know, they just imagine like bad things are going to happen. It's not hard for them. They just imagine the worst thing is probably going to happen. So then they start doing things just to prevent something from happening that hasn't happened yet. And they start exercising a lot of energy and they can't sleep at night because in their mind, this is probably going to happen. And in their mind, it's reality. So the Israelites are going across and you have this king. You have this king named Balak who's just paranoid. He really believes that something is going to happen and he's afraid of the Israelites. So in Moab, there's these uh, group of people known as Midianites. They're kind of cohabitating together. They're, they're all living together. And so he turns to them, to the Midianites, and he's like, hey, you, you want to form an alliance? Because Israel is over there. And, and it says this, the king of Moab said to the elders of Midian, this mob will devour everything in sight like an ox devours grass in the field. So Balak, so, so Balak king of Moab, it says something else there. I'm not going to read that part to you. But in, in his mind, he's like, the Israelites are going to be like a mob. They're going to devour everything like an ox devours grass. You know what, 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 uh, what Balak doesn't understand? is God and the Moabites, they got history. <laughs> they go way, way, way back. They go all the way back to the days of Abraham. And there was a time when the Moabites were good to Abraham. And God never forgot that. In fact, God told the Israelites, you're going to go to the promised land, but I don't want you to touch the Moabites. I mean, God told them, they're hands off. You know, you don't touch them. Don't mess with them. They were good to your father, Abraham. So do not mess with them. But you have this king in Moab, and in his mind, he's so paranoid. He thinks it's gonna, they're going to devour us like an ox takes over a grass. They're going to take over us. And we can do the same thing. We think of worst-case scenarios related to a virus, or worst-case scenarios related to finances, or worst-case scenarios related to a job, or whatever it is. And in our mind, we can be a bit of a Balak. You know, we can be like that. We can go there at that place. Fear will cause you to overthink, overreact, and make you overwhelmed. God wants you to trust him regardless of the proximity of any perceived threat. Like when you see people who've walked with God for a long time and they just don't stress out over that perceived threat that's just two steps away. It's just because they've seen how God moves. And they have a faith and a trust. So look what happens. So verse 5, he sent messengers to call Balaam, son of Beor. And that's when Balaam is coming into the picture now. So remember, 
Balak, they're a little bit confusing. You have Balak, the king of Moab, and you have this prophet named Balaam who's coming into the picture, son of Beor, who was living in his native land of Pethor near the Euphrates River. So he sent a message. Incidentally, that's approximately 350 miles. So to send a message to Balaam, it would be approximately a 25 to 30 day round trip almost a full month, round trip, just to go get a message to this prophet. And that's what he does. His message said, look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt. They cover the face of the earth and are threatening me. Well, are they threatening him? No. They're not threatening him at all. They're just walking alongside and, and, and Balak can see them, but he, they're not threatening him at all. But in his mind, you know, the sky is falling and this is going to happen kind of thing. So what he does is he goes home and he goes to this website called Profit for Hire. And he pulls up this guy named Balaam. Now, Balaam is an interesting dude. <laughs> He's really interesting. The, uh, the Bible talks about him 63 times in scripture, 63 times. So you, you read about this guy, you need to know he's not an Israelite. He's not a Hebrew. He, he's kind of like Melchizedek. Melchizedek wasn't a Hebrew either. So we don't know how he came to know the God of Abraham. But somehow or another, he became acquainted with the God of the Israelites. Some people call him a wicked prophet. Some people call him a compromising prophet. Um, but he's not a false prophet. God, in his wisdom, sometimes uses this guy and you just need to know Balaam's heart is not fully right with God. He's not fully right with God. It's like you can go to church and sing the songs and great songs. Gosh, I love our worship team. Uh, you can go to church, sing the songs and do all that stuff. Even know some scripture or whatever it is or grew up in the church or whatever. And you could be like, you know what? I, I know what I should be doing, but I'm doing something else. And, and you learn to reason through that. And in your mind, you convince yourself, I'm not that bad, or, or someone else is worse than me, or God's overlooking this. This is not a big deal. This is not a heaven or hell issue. Whatever it is, that's kind of Balaam. That's kind of who he is. He eventually shows his true colors at the very end of this story. So who's Balaam today? He's the guy who's not fully transformed. The gal who's not fully transformed by God. In fact, he's the guy, have you ever heard someone say they go to church and you're like, really, you go to church? You know, that kind of thing. That's kind of Balaam. That's a little bit like Balaam. He knows how to hustle others. He knows how to work the system. He knows how to fudge a little bit on his taxes. That's Balaam. Balaam just knows how to do the workarounds so that he could argue that everything is legit. That's, that's him. And verse six, here's the message that King Balak says to Balaam. Please come and curse these people. The poor Israelites, they're just trekking along. They're just walking. Please come and curse these people for me because they are too powerful for me. He's heard about the reputation. Then perhaps I will be able to conquer them and drive them from the land. I know that blessings fall on any people you bless and curses fall. On people you curse. Balak's messengers, who were elders of Moab and Midian, 
set out with, with what? With money to pay Balaam to place a curse upon Israel. There's a little bit of a hint of the character of Balaam right there, money. They went to Balaam and delivered Balak's message to him. So King Balak is totally buttering him up. I mean, he really is saying, you know, I, anyone you bless are blessed. Anyone you curse, they're cursed. You're the man, you know, you, you're the man. Come on over here and help us out kind of thing. And he offers this money. Balaam loves money. We read about that later on in, in, in 1 Peter. He loves money. And here's Balaam's first response. Stay here overnight, Balaam said. In the morning, I will tell you whatever the Lord directs me to say. So the officials from Moab stayed there with Balaam. Well, God talks to Balaam over the night, and this is what God tells him. That night, God came to Balaam and asked, who are these men visiting you? Interesting question. I think God knows who they are. Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent me this message. So he tells him the message. Look, the vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt and they cover the face of the earth. Come and curse these people for me. Then perhaps I will be able to stand up to them and drive them from the land. But God told Balaam, do not go with them. You are not to curse these people for they have been, what church? They have been blessed. I find it interesting in this whole story, like the Israelites don't know what's going on. This is like the behind the music <laughs> story. This is like behind the scenes. This is all happening. And the Israelites, all they're doing is they're enjoying life and they're eating manna in the morning and quail at night and drinking water from a rock. And they're working through their own spiritual battles. They're working through life. And, and, and behind this whole thing, their life is like literally in danger and God is intervening for them and they don't even know it. They don't even know it. Verse 13. <clears throat> the next morning, Balaam got up and told Balak's officials, go on home. The Lord will not let me go with you. Way to go, Balaam. So the Moabite officials returned to King Balak and reported Balaam refused to come home, come with us. So now remember how far it is. I mean, that's like a, that's like a trek. I mean, that's like another, you know, two, three week journey to go back and say, hey, it didn't work out. So look what happens. Then Balak tried again. This time he sent a larger number of even more distinguished officials than those he had sent the first time. Sometimes we're motivated by the VIPs. You know that? Sometimes we treat VIPs different. It, it's unfortunate. We, 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 you know, God looks at the heart. People look at the outward appearance. Just because they're a VIP in this world doesn't mean they're a VIP in God's eyes. They went to Balaam and delivered this message to him. This is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. Please don't let anything stop you from coming to me. I will pay you very well. And do whatever you tell me. Just come and curse these people for me. But Balaam responded to Balak's messengers, even if Balak were to give me the, his palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the will of the Lord my God. Way to go, Balaam. But then there's a verse 19. <laughs> but, everybody say but. It's a big but, but in the Bible. Stay here one more night. 
and I will see if the Lord has anything else to say to me. So you really have to do a little study to read between the lines of what's happening here. When you read this study in, in, in Numbers chapter 22, it doesn't pop off the page, but I want you to know what's happening. Balaam loves money. Balaam is thinking, okay, so how do I do this? What if I go with them? I know God doesn't want me to go and curse them, but what if I'll take the money and I'll just go over there and I'll just tell them, I don't know, Frosted Flakes and Lucky Charms, you know, and, 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 I don't know, but, say whatever I, but I'm not going to curse them. So how can I get credit of obedience with God, but also get the money? How does this work out so that I could be accounted as righteous before God, but I, I, I'm, I'm also disobeying God, but I, I'm, I'm, but you know, how, how do I do both? That's what's, and he's reasoning through this, and I want you to hear this. Reasoning through disobedience is still disobedience in God's eyes. It's still disobedience in God's eyes. It's like that, 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 uh, it's like that gal who's in the wrong relationship with that guy, and you tell her, look, that, that dude is bad news. And she says, I know he's bad news, but I'm telling him, I'm, t- I'm inviting him to church every weekend. Yeah, but he, you shouldn't be with him. Yeah, I know I shouldn't be with him, but he's such a nice guy. I see so much hope. Yeah, but he's the bad news, and you're changing. Yeah, 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 I know that. But, but you know what? We just go out occasionally. You know, he's re- she's reasoning through. We do the same thing. We do the, all the time. All the time. That's just kind of our human nature. It's our flesh. It's kind of like how we work through things. And God's second response is this. That night, God came to Balaam and told him, since these men have come for you, get up and go with them, but do only what I tell you to do. Really interesting, fascinating point here in the story. God told him, don't go. And then Balaam obeys. Then the bigger temptation comes with more money. And Balaam says, all right, let me check again. And then he, God says, all right, go ahead and go. But God's really not over it because in verse 21 says, so the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going. So he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way as Balaam and two servants were riding along. Why is God angry? Because God sees the heart and motives matter to God. Motives matter to God. God sees Balaam's heart. And nobody else sees this, but you know, when you're a hustler, you can hustle yourself too. And Balaam is like, okay, well, how much is he, he's gonna give me a lot of moolah and I'm going to take that moolah, and I, I'm, 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 I'm going to try to obey God as well. But God, you can't hide anything from God. You cannot hide anything from God. God sees your intentions. God sees your heart. And, and God looks at Balaam's heart, and he's like, you know what, I'm really upset. So he sends an angel, like to block the way. An angel, do you believe in angels? I wholeheartedly believe in angels. Angels still exist today. Absolutely. Angels exist. I have stories about angels I could share with you. Angels exist all the time. I have a missionary friend, and this missionary friend, he told me that uh, he, was in, he was in a tribe. I've never shared this story. He was in a, in a tribe, and there was a neighboring community that wanted to literally attack them. True story. 
And, and uh, <clears throat> what happened was one night they were prepared and they, and they really thought they were going to lose their lives. Well, nothing happened that night. And a few years pass by and my missionary friend talks to the, the enemy that was going to attack him. They are now friends. Literally years go by and asked him, hey, why didn't you attack that night? And you know what that missionary or that, that enemy told my missionary friend? He said, well, we were. He said, but we saw all these soldiers standing around you guys with swords. And we decided not to do it because there were too many. You believe in angels? That's how God moves. God still works. Even if you don't believe, doesn't mean God works less. God works in spite of your faith, in, st- in spite of your trust. It's not even in my notes, guys. Merry Christmas. Um, verse 23, check it out. Look what happens. There's an angel, right? Verse 23, here, here's where it gets funny. This is when it becomes a kid's story. We think Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. Yeah, you read that right. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. So they, they're on the field, right? It's like a big, and the, the, the donkey sees the angel. Verse 24, then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. So it's getting smaller. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. Now it's becoming personal. Like when we are in physical pain, that's when it becomes more personal, right? So what did Balaam do? He what? He beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved farther down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time, when the donkey saw the angel, it lay down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Wow. Three attempts. Did you notice it started off in the field? And, and isn't it interesting? The donkey has more spiritual insight than Balaam. Isn't it interesting? The donkey can see more than, than Balaam. And, and, and it goes from really wide, like this field, to like more narrow. Now his, his legs getting hurt to, to like really narrow. Now the donkey just lies down and now he's not doing anything. And Balaam is just flipping out. I want you to hear this. Don't fight against God's will. Don't fight against God's will. When a door is shut, it's okay. You don't have to kick the door down. When it's time to go, it's okay to go. When you have to let go of someone, let them go. Don't beg. Let them go. When you, see, when you recognize circumstances aren't lining up, don't you think God is big enough to work out circumstances? I'm going to tell you a secret. When you know the will of God, first, it starts in your own heart. God puts something in your heart and puts this desire inside of you. But the second, it's always affirmed by God's word. It's always affirmed by God's word. So it's not just about your feelings. It's affirmed with scripture. And the third thing is the favor of God goes before you and the circumstances just open up. And when the favor of God goes before you, let me just tell you, it's just a wide road. You just walk right in. 
you just walk right in. It's like, this was easy. <laughs> I thought it was going to be hard. It's only hard when it's not God's will. It's, it's not God's will. So Balaam does all this stuff, and, and the donkey just lies down and, and, and sees this whole thing. And then verse 28, here it is right here. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves your, be- you, be- you're beating me three times? So like the, the donkey's articulate too. It asked Balaam, <laughs> you have made me like a fool, Balaam shouted, which is really weird that Balaam is just talking to the donkey. <laughs> I mean, you guys know I have a dog that needs Jesus desperately. You guys know that. Right now, Grace is in Nashville, and this dog jumps on the bed every single night, and I try to kick him off, and anyway, um, <laughs> and my daughter loves the dog. Anyway, let's go on. Uh, so he has this, you made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. So all Balaam sees is a stubborn animal and a talking animal. That's all he sees. But I am the same donkey you've ridden all your life. Wow. Check that out. Wow. The donkey answered, have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. You you ever wonder if animals are going to talk in heaven? I was talking to Pastor Jeremy about that or someone this last week. I think that's going to be a little bit terrifying. (laughs) And I think my dog's going to say things to me that I'm not going to appreciate. And my dog may be right. What have I done to you that deserves you beating me three times? I am the same donkey you have ridden all your life. And I want you to hear this. This is so important. Hear this. Love the person who lives with you. The person who said, I do. The person who chooses to live under your roof. The person who's patient with you. The person who's working through all your works in progress. You know what I'm saying? The person who's seen that other side of you and they're still with you. That's the definition of a good friend, when they've seen the other side and they don't walk away. That's a good friend. But love the person who lives with you. Show them kindness and grace and mercy because they have chosen to be with you. And this donkey is saying, have I ever let you down? Have I ever, I've always been with you. In verse 31, it says, Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. Here it is. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face face down on the ground before him. The Lord opened Balaam's eyes. Hear this. The most powerful prayer you can say is, Lord, open my eyes. Some of you need to say that prayer right now. Lord, open my eyes. Give me eyes to see what you're doing, God. Open my eyes. If you ask God to open your eyes, he's going to show you spiritual, supernatural things. He's going to show you his will, and then you'll stop stop wasting energy going down the wrong road. You'll stop wasting energy chasing after that relationship. You'll stop wasting energy trying to pursue something that's not God's will. And Balaam is fighting against God's will, and this donkey is saving his life. And the Lord opens his eyes, And he sees the angel, and all of a sudden, everything looks different. In verse 32, look what happens. He says, why did you beat your donkey those, this is what God's telling him, why did you beat your donkey those three times? The angel of the Lord demanded, look, I have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. 
Three times the donkey saw me and, sh- and, and shied away. Otherwise, I would certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey. Balaam confesses. He says, I've sinned. I didn't realize you were standing on the road and blocking, the, blocking my way. I, I, I will return home if you, if you want, kind of thing. In verse 35, he says, but the angel of the Lord told Balaam, go with these men, but say only what I tell you to say. He's saying that again. So Balaam went on. And, and, and I want you to understand where, where Balaam is at. When you look in the New Testament, this is his heart. First, Second Peter says it like this. They wandered off the right road and followed the footsteps of Balaam. There he is, son of Beor, who loved to earn money by doing wrong. That's Balaam. He loved to earn money by doing wrong. He was a deceiver. He was a hustler. Don't try to hustle God. You need to hear that. Don't try to hustle God. God sees everything. I want to fast forward here, guys. I want to fast forward. God is loving on you behind your back. <clears throat> Balak says, okay, here's what you're going to do. He shows up eventually. Balaam shows up and, and, and Balak tells Balaam, all right, I want you to stand over here and I want you to curse Israel. So he stands, you know, at a certain place. He can see the tribe of Israel yeah, and, and he, 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 he pronounces a blessing. Not a curse, a blessing. And Balak hears this and is like, what are you doing? I hired you to curse, but you're blessing. And then Balak says, all right, come over here. So he goes like to another place and he's, it's another view, another mountain. He says, okay, can you see them? Now curse them. And he blesses again. He blesses them. It just talks about how beautiful they are. And Balak is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the third time, it happens again. And this time, Balaam, he blesses again. But when you look at this blessing, the third blessing, it's found in Numbers chapter 24. He says this. This is what Balaam says. I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. Who is him? A star will rise from Jacob. A scepter will emerge from Israel. It will crush the heads of Moab's people, cracking the skulls of the people of Sheth. You know who he's talking about? Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. It's a messianic prophecy from the compromising wicked prophet. <laughs> and the third time, he's, 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 for, he's forecasting. He's, he's like, I see him coming in the future, and he's like a star. He's a scepter, and he's going to crush everything. His kingdom will have no end. And you have Balak in this whole time saying, I don't understand what's going on. I don't know what you're doing. And verse 25, chapter 24, 25 says, Balaam left and returned home, and Balak also went on his way. You just need to know this about Balaam. Because we don't want to be a Balaam. And interesting enough, when Balaam is blessing, and it's beautiful. You should read chapter 23, chapter 24 of Numbers. It's a beautiful blessing. Imagine this. When he is blessing Israel, Israel doesn't know they're being blessed. They're in the camp. Israel doesn't know that there's a rumble going on over the mountain. Israel doesn't know that. In fact, it's an act of God's grace. Because they're wandering because of their sin. 
And now they're trying to get their life together and they're about to enter the promised land shortly, but there's still a work in progress and you see the grace of God behind their back. God says, nope, Balaam, you're going to bless them. And they are blessed through Balaam, this prophet, and and Israel has no clue of what's happening behind their back. See, I need to camp here just a little bit because God is working in your life in a way that you don't even know it. God is working in your life in a way that you don't even know it. God is watching over you right now in a way that you don't even know it. God is taking care of you in a way that you don't even know it. God is extending grace over your life and you don't even know it. It's the mercy and grace of God. He's watching over you. See, the heart of God is to bless. He wants you to be obedient, though. That's the price. Your obedience, your faithfulness. And isn't it beautiful that the blessing comes to Israel? They don't even know it, but the blessing comes to Israel on the tail end of their 40 days of wandering in the wilderness. It's like God is saying, you're still my peeps. You're still my children. I still love you. And I haven't given up on you. Oh, that's a message for someone. God hasn't given up on you. God hasn't given up on you. God hasn't given up on you. Turn to the person next to you. God hasn't given up on you. Tell them, God hasn't given up on you. God has a plan for you. God is good behind your back. God is watching you behind your back. God wants you to walk with him and be faithful even when you don't fully see everything. God wants you to walk with him and trust him. When you look at Balaam, this is a bad dude. You know what he does? And you read about him in the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, these are the words of Jesus. In in chapter 2, he says, but I have a few complaints against you. He's talking about this church. You tolerate, some among, uh, you tolerate some among you whose teaching is like that of Balaam, who showed Balak how, wow, check it out. He showed Balak how to trip up the people of Israel. He taught them to sin by eating food offered to idols and by committing sexual sin. So when you turn the page and you look at Numbers chapter 25, you know what you read? The Moabite women who worship other gods, the Kamash, that's who they work of, this child sacrifice, that's what Moab, that's what they did. They, it, was, it was sacrificing children. And, and they, it's like the king of Moab, he got advice from Balaam. And ba- you, you got to look at the scripture to understand, but Balaam said, I can't curse them but I'm going to tell you how they could bring a curse on themselves. I can't curse them, but I'm going to tell you how to to trip them up. I'm going to tell you because I know what their God wants. Here's what you do. You send the prettiest, hottest women, the women who look like an hourglass, you send those women and you let those Israelites get a look at them, and they're going to end up having sex with those women, and they're going to end up worshiping other gods, that's how you trip them up. 
And in Revelation and in Numbers, it talks about that's exactly what Balaam did. What a punk. That's exactly what he did. He, he, he told ba- he, to- he told Balak, this is how you trip up Israel. I can't curse them, but I'm going to show you how they could be cursed. So like he planted this idea and Balak followed through. Listen to this. Satan's tactics haven't changed. Since he can't curse you, he will try the backdoor approach. And idolatry and sexual immorality are his go-to temptations. That's what he does. The way that God wants to take, take me down is those sins. Idolatry, sexual temptations, drunkenness, alcohol, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I mean, the, Satan just wants to take me down. Let's do the same thing in your life. When you read this story, it's a crazy story because Israel turns and they start having sex with the wrong women and, and it's bad and they start worshiping this Kamash God and, and it's crazy and, and they become very bold. And in fact, when Moses sees this whole thing, there's a Moabite woman that walks right in front of the tabernacle, plainly seen by everyone, And she goes right into the tent of this guy and they're going to have sex, right? I mean, it became extremely bold right in front of the tabernacle. Everybody sees it and nobody does anything. And you know what scripture says? There's this one righteous guy. His name is Phineas. Phineas sees it and he grabs a spear and he thrusts the spear into them. Literally, they're having sex because scripture says it goes through the back of, of him, and it goes, and it, that one spirit, it pierces her right in the gut. So it literally a spirit, he kills two at one time with one thrust. And you could just assume they're, they're horizontal. <laughs> I mean, because that's what happens. He goes right through both of them. And right there, everything stopped. The curse stopped. Because before that, you know, God, was, God killed 24,000 men because they turned to the Moabite women. Balaam. He was a bad influence. He looked good, but he had other motives. And it was Phineas who said, this is not right. And let me just say this. It only takes one righteous person to turn everything around. And you could be that righteous person in your home. You could be that righteous person with your friends. It only takes one righteous person to get God's attention. Someone who says, this is not right. This is not right. I want to close by reading this beautiful verse. Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus wants to give you a new life. Will you let him? Jesus wants you to experience all the blessings of God. Jesus wants to give you an abundant life. Way bigger than you can imagine way greater than you can imagine. He's a good savior. He's a good God and he loves you. Well, Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace and your mercy. If you're ready to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, right where you're at, would you just invite Christ into your heart? Would you say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to be my Lord and my savior. Forgive me for my sins. And I want to turn to you. Make that decision. Just tell them as best as I know how, I want to become a Christian right now. Thank you for bringing me to church. Or maybe, maybe you need to say, um, God, I don't want to be 
a Balaam. <laughs> I want to I fully obey you. I don't want to live a compromising life. I want to influence others for good. So God, right now, I, I just uh, full send my life to you, God. I want to give you my full devotion, my full obedience, my full faithfulness, God. Forgive me if I've been reasoning through some things. Forgive me if I've been hustling a bit. Forgive me, God. Thank you. God, I, I just thank you for your good word. Thank you for being a good God. Thank you that, that you just never let, let go of us. You never give up on us. And, and your heart, God, is to bless. You're our Abba Father. Thank you so much, God. Have your way here, God, in this church. Move in the heart of every soul in this house, every soul that's watching online. And go before us, Lord. May you, Jesus, be glorified in us and through us. In your name we pray. Amen.